The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsibility responsible gaming resources. Welcome back, Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, editor-in-chief at buffalorumlings.com and host of Buffalo Rumlings Q&A, the podcast you're listening to right now. I wanted to encourage you as we get into the Buffalo Bills offseason here to submit your questions through our voicemail line, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, you can reach us at 716-508-0405. Email us, buffalorumlings at sbnation.com. You can send us tweets at rumlings Q and a That's with the word and spelled out in the middle. There's lots of ways to get in touch with the show. You can put your comments in the comments section over at buffalorumlings.com on our show notes articles that post every week. There's lots to get to. We've got pending free agents that we'll talk about a little bit today, uh, possible salary cap cuts, and guys we want to move on from. Of course, the 2020 NFL Draft, now that the college football season is over. So there's a lot of stuff that's coming down the pipeline here at buffalorumlings.com. Let's get to your questions this week. Over at buffalorumlings.com, we spent Monday of this week talking about Jordan Phillips and possibly re-signing the defensive tackle. The the Buffalo Bills have Star Latulale under contract for $10 million in 2020. They've got Ed Oliver, who they spent a first-round pick on last year. They have Harrison Phillip coming back from injury. And then they have a whole lot of question marks. They have Vincent Taylor, Corey Legit, who were replacement-level defensive tackles. And then they have Phillips entering free agency, coming off his one-year deal. If you look at the positions that they play... Uh, Lotulele and Phillips are both one-tech defensive tackles in addition to pretty much every guy that they signed and released over the course of the season after Harrison Phillips' injury. Kyle uh, Pecco, Vincent Taylor, and Corey Legit were all one-tech defensive tackles. So those five guys are really in a bucket on their own. With Harrison Phillips returning from his injury, hopefully healthy and ready to go, you've got Starr and Harrison, and that's the one-tech defensive tackle position, no question. Then last offseason, the Bills signed Jordan Phillips. Then they drafted Ed Oliver in the first round of the top 10. And it would seem like Oliver is ready to take over as the starting three-tech. He played a lot more down the stretch than Jordan Phillips did. I think he played better down the stretch than Jordan Phillips did as well. He was double-teamed a lot more often than Jordan Phillips was. Uh, So obviously he was becoming a focal point for opposing offenses. 
I think Ed Oliver is ready to step up and play those 65%, 70% of the snaps that would go to the starter, which means that the Bills are going to be looking for a guy that can play like 30 to 40% of the snaps at most at defensive tackle. I don't think that's Jordan Phillips. Jordan Phillips with nine and a half sacks in 2019 uh, is going to be asking for a lot of money. We spent a lot of time breaking him down on Monday. We did uh, a, an all-22 analysis of his play in 2019. That was from Jeff Kantrowski. There was a bunch of different replacement options. We looked at potential free agent signings, potential draftees, potential um, for in-house replacement. None of those really like piqued my interest right off the bat because you have to boil it down to opportunity cost. And if you're paying star $10 million and you spent a first round pick at the position last year, it's not, it just doesn't make sense for a guy that's only going to get 40% of the snaps to be making $10 million a year, $7 million a year. Um, even his contract from last year, four and a half million dollars would be pretty steep for a guy that's not going to be playing a ton. Uh, add that up and pair it with the fact that they need to add an edge rusher uh, in this offseason, and they're already paying uh, Jerry Hughes $10 million a year on his new contract. It's an awful lot of resources to spend on your defensive line between multiple first-round picks and multiple guys making a lot of money. So I think that it's just a prime candidate for a young drafted replacement um, or one of those lower-level free agent signings who can come in and provide some stability behind Ed Oliver, who is a little bit green and still adjusting to the NFL. Not necessarily a big contract guy. Let's look at the contract I projected for Jordan Phillips. When you look at some of the bigger contracts around the league, and and Jordan Phillips called himself a top three defensive tackle yesterday in response to some of our articles, you know that a, t- a top three defensive tackle in the NFL is making $17 million a year. I don't really think he should be making that. I don't didn't project him for that spot track projected Jordan Phillips on a one year, $6 million contract and some change. I can't remember exactly how much it was. My contract projection was three years and $21 million for Jordan Phillips on the open market. And that's not a price I'm willing to pay for a backup defensive tackle, at least how I think he would be fitting on the bills. I think he's just going to make more money somewhere else. That's not a bad thing for him. That's not a bad thing for the bills. It just means that they're not in the same place regarding Jordan Phillips heading into 2020, like they were heading into 2019. So I I think he should test the open market, get a really nice deal to go somewhere else and, uh, and play somewhere else. The bills can fill that role with, like I said, either one of those draft picks or with one of the lower level free agent signings or both and just see which one works out better. You can, of course, head over to buffalorumlings.com right now, vote in our fan poll. All that information is right in that poll. There's little snippets from each of our articles uh, from Monday regarding Jordan Phillips. And then there's a little poll where you can vote. Uh, We've got thousands of votes in there already. So add yours uh, to that uh, to that ledger. Let's start by heading to the phone lines at 716-508-0405. Hey, what's up, man? Uh, my name is Anthony. I'm from New Jersey. My question is, I've, I've been looking up a lot of mock drafts for the Buffalo Bills because that's the only thing to really look forward to uh, besides free agency and all that stuff. And uh, there's people saying that we should take uh, an edge rusher first round. Some say wide receiver. I just wanted to hear your opinions on uh, who we should get and what you're thinking. Thank you. Hi, Anthony. Thanks for your question at our voicemail line. 
I really like this question because it's all about asset allocation. I think they do need a wide receiver and an edge rusher, a defensive end. And it's just a matter of how you want to acquire that talent. Looking at this year's NFL draft list, there's a ton of wide receivers in what's supposed to be a really deep but also a really talented class at the top. So they could spend a first round pick on a wide receiver. And actually the most mocked player I've seen to them so far played in the college football national championship game on Monday. T Higgins, the great wide receiver from Clemson is a guy that we've uh, seen associated with Bills a lot so far early on. I'm more of the belief that they're going to draft an edge rusher. And it has to do with that at asset allocation that we talked about earlier. They've got a fairly expensive defensive tackle in Starla Tulele. They have a, a fairly expensive defensive end in Jerry Hughes. They've got a pretty expensive Trent Murphy on the other side. They don't have that up and coming pass rusher on his rookie deal, uh, which is something I would like to see. They've got Ed Oliver on his rookie deal on the defensive line. That would be great. Um, at wide receiver, they've got two kind of expensive wide receivers in Cole Beasley and John Brown. So I do think that they're going to draft their wide receiver. So you're really just trying to prioritize. And eventually what's going to happen is we're going to figure out that who's going to be able to last until the Bills pick near the end of the first round and whether their Bills are going to have to trade either up into the first round higher or trade back up into the end of the first round if they want to get a wide receiver and an edge rusher. I personally want them to go edge rusher as a higher priority than wide receiver. They still need a wide receiver, but it's your third wide receiver. At defensive end, you need a guy that's going to be able to take over for Jerry Hughes when he ages out. You need a guy to replace Trent Murphy when he becomes ineffective, if he's not already ineffective. And that that defensive end is going to be playing a lot this year in 2020. Whereas that wide receiver could be eased into that role just a little bit because the Bills have some other pass catchers. I think both of them are needs, and you're going to see a lot of people going back and forth on them. Um, ultimately, because the Bills pick so late in the first round, they're not going to have their choice. Um, and like It's going to be more difficult to, to target specific players like they've been able to do in the last couple of years in the top 10. So I think that maybe some of it's going to be how the board falls. And, you know, they're going to take the best guy on the board at one of those two positions. But I personally would um, prioritize the defensive end position just because of they, they haven't spent a high pick on a defensive end. They haven't really spent a ton of money um, at that position. And so they, they're going to need a guy that can come in and contribute immediately where they can hide it a little bit better at wide receiver with John Brown and Cole Beasley. Thanks for your question over at our voicemail line, 716-508-0405. Let's go over to Twitter, where Ron from New Mexico asks us, at Rumlings Q&A, do all the Bills fans take a degree of solace in Houston blowing a lead, being unable to tackle, and getting no calls from the refs? Well, that's a funny question, Ron. I was only in and out briefly for uh, the Chiefs versus the Texans game. I watched it more on Twitter than I did on the actual television uh, as we were dealing with a couple sick kids in my house. So I wasn't as glued to the TV as I normally might be uh, during an NFL playoff game. But uh, I don't take any degree of solace with Houston blowing a lead, being unable to tackle, and getting no calls from the refs. I think the Bills were a better team than the Houston Texans and played a very frazzled hurried game in Houston a week and a half ago. It's still disappointing to me that the Bills lost that game because I think that 
more often than not, when you get a 16-point lead or a 13-point lead at halftime, a 16-point lead overall, like you should win that game with an elite defense and a quarterback that's not throwing up all over himself. And so many things had to go wrong for the Bills to lose that game that it still frustrates me looking back on it because you're you're talking about a Dawson Knox block in overtime or uh, the refs not blowing a call on a kickoff or you know, just a third and 18 stop because a guy actually makes a tackle short of the sticks. Uh, Matt Milano, Saran Neal making a sack instead of allowing Deshaun Watson to Houdini out of it. There's just so many reasons that I'm frustrated with that game still that, you know, watching Houston, you know, throw up all over themselves to keep using that expression. Um, it doesn't help me at all because it just makes me remember that Buffalo should have beat Houston and Buffalo had Houston right where they wanted them. Uh, up 13 nothing at halftime, up 16 nothing later. I mean, obviously, they would prefer to be up 20 nothing or 24 nothing or whatever it happened to be. But the the way that the Bills lost that game was so frustrating because there were so many ways that they could have won and should have won. So, no, I don't take any solace from watching Houston go up 21 points and then get blown out by the Kansas City Chiefs. It just shows me that the Bills' offense really didn't do a great job against Houston the week before. Thanks for sending in your question at Rumlings Q&A on Twitter, Ron. We'll be right back after this. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smart Water Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Back to the phones we go at 716-508-0405. Hey, what's going on? This is Will from Fayetteville, North Carolina. Um, I don't really have a question, but uh, I really have something I got to say as far as the playoff with Houston. Um, I'm just going to get straight to the point. The referees dictated that game. We was up. That, that touchback or whatever, he threw the ball fumble and we scored. When we was up 16-0, that should have stuck. I'm just tired of these referees dictating the game. They need to have some kind of responsibility or take up for their action or what they're doing. Thank you for listening. Hi, Will. Thanks for calling in and leaving your opinion on our voicemail line. Um, Yeah, the refs didn't do the Bills any favors, that's for sure. Uh, There was the personal foul call on Cody Ford in overtime that a lot of people have been talking about. I think that was the right call by the letter of the law. Um, I I really didn't have a problem with that call being used in that spot. It's a hit they want to take out of the game. I understand why it's, you know, it is what it is. The... The delay of game call, we did a whole um, thing about that at buffalorumblings.com as well. I think that was the right call, too, to not call the bill or not call the Texans for delay of game on third and 18 uh, late in the game. Uh, it, it's the back judge's job to look at the, the clock, the play clock, then look down at the ball, 
then make sure the ball hasn't been snapped before he blows the whistle. That takes about a second after the clock hits zero before he can call delay of game. It happened to the Bills earlier in the game. They got away with the timeout that went after the clock went down to zeros. So again, I don't blame the refs for that one either. The one I do have a problem with is the the opening kickoff of the second half where the kicker didn't give himself up. He walked forward, then threw the ball at the ref. That's an illegal forward pass. Should have been a safety for the Bills. Should have been a free kick going back to Buffalo to start the second half. Um, but that's also not the reason the Bills lost. You know, they had Dawson Knox miss a block in overtime on a QB sweep that would have, you know, put the Bills certainly into field goal range to win the game. They had a ball bounce off of Duke Williams' hands in the end zone that would have put the Bills up by 17, I think, at the end of the first half. Uh, they had John Brown not drag his feet. They had the defense not tackle on third and 18. They had a blown sack against Deshaun Watson uh, where he was able to find Taiwan Jones in overtime. There were so many mistakes, so many problems. They didn't hand the ball off to Devin Singletary in overtime for some reason. There was just so many different plays that the Bills could have could have successfully converted to win that game. Plus, there was a ton of plays Josh Allen interceptions, Josh Allen fumbles, uh, other plays that could have gone the Texans' way, and it could have been an absolute blowout. It just goes to show you how close it is in these playoff games. I don't think the refs cost the Bills the game. I'm not going in with that mentality. The Bills certainly aren't. Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean both made points to say that last week in their press conferences and in their media rounds after the end of the season that they don't blame the refs. They can only control what they can control. And the Bills had the ability to control the outcome of that game by executing, making blocks, making catches, and, and just doing what they were supposed to do, and they did not do that. So I'm not there with the refs. Um, the refs certainly weren't great. I'm not defending them at all, but I'm also not blaming them for the Bills' loss. Thanks for your question, Will. Keep fighting down there in uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina. To Twitter, where Andrew asks us, after watching Joe Burrow, how happy are you that Miami decided to win a few meaningless games this year? I don't play the, the tanking game very much. Um, I think that whoever the Dolphins end up with is probably going to be fine at quarterback. Um, they've got, you know, even if it's not Joe Burrow, if it's, um, say, Tua, who's recovering from his his hip injury, I think that the, the Dolphins will have a chance to develop him and, and do what they want to do with him and Brian Flores and, and the rest of their coaching staff. Uh, Burrow had one great season in college football, maybe the greatest season ever in college football, uh, but it's still only one year and a lot of stuff can change after just one year. Um, I'm not saying he's not going to be good, um, but when you go to a bad team like the Cincinnati Bengals or the Miami Dolphins, sometimes you're going to get hit a lot. And the Dolphins don't really have an offensive line to speak of right now. So one of the things that the Bills did after Josh Allen's rookie year was they bolstered their offensive line. It, are the Miami Dolphins going to be able to do that? Time will tell. So being able to develop a quarterback and protect a quarterback is way different than being able to draft Joe Burrow first overall. So I'm not exactly happy or upset that the Dolphins won games down the stretch because they're going to get good players at number five or wherever they're picking to. So thanks for your question, Andrew, over on Twitter at Rumblings Q&A. 
before we get to our last question of today, I did want to remind all of you to go take our regular season coverage survey over at buffalorumblings.com. I'm starting to have conversations with folks about next year's regular season coverage and how this year's went. So if you want to see changes to our regular season coverage over at buffalorumblings.com, whether it's on the podcast network or actually on the site in our editorial content, please let us know using that survey. And uh, there's some multiple choice questions on there, some checklists, and then also some free answer questions where you can just send in your thoughts on our coverage of the 2019 Buffalo Bills regular season so that we can start doing what you want us to do. I'll also drop a link in the show notes for you guys to, to complete that survey through the podcast network. Now our final question coming in from Twitter. Chris Vanderhurst asks us, uh, Brandon Bean was obviously very high on Cody Ford, wanting to trade back into round one. Do you think he lived up to those expectations? Did they draft and play him while anticipating these kinds of struggles early in his career? Well, they better have anticipated these struggles early in his career because I think a lot of people saw them on his college tape. There was a lot of people projecting him as a guard in the 2019 NFL draft. And so if the Bills didn't at least see that he was going to struggle, they were mistaken. Now, the Bills did go out and sign Ty Nsecki and Adrian Waddle before drafting Cody Ford. So maybe they just thought to themselves that they had that buffer if he didn't work out. And they did rotate Nsecki and Ford a ton in the 2019 season because of you know, his learning curve. It's one of the most difficult things right now is there's a lack of offensive linemen in the NFL because of the spread offenses in college and getting the ball out so quickly. They're never asked to block for that long, as at least as long as they do in the NFL. So it's certainly a question going into the 2019 season and now still a question going into 2020. Cody Ford lived up to my expectations at tackle. He got better as the season went on and showed me that he might have a future at the position, but I still think he's better at guard. We'll see what the Bills think as we go into the 2020 offseason. Either way, the Bills are going to have to add some offensive linemen this offseason. They've got Quentin Spain as a free agent at left guard. They've got an aging tie in second and that inconsistent Cody Ford at right tackle. Um, they don't have Adrian Waddle backing up because he's a free agent. So lots of questions as we go into the 2020 offseason. Thanks for all of your questions this week. Please get your questions in for next week's episode of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. You can call us on the voicemail line at 716-508-0405. You can tweet us at Rumblings Q&A. That's with the and spelled out in the middle. Facebook and Instagram messages. Emails Buffalo Rumblings at SBNation.com. Get your questions in. It's going to be a long offseason without hearing from you guys. Go Bills. Thank you.